Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and I am joined by a longtime familiar guest, or pair of guests, I should say, that haven't been on the show for a little bit, but welcome back to the spirit world center eric and lola i'm so glad you guys are back and it's been such a long time and i'm so happy that we get to connect again and catch up so how are you guys thank you so much for having us we are doing great it's been a very busy summer we've been expanding what we do at the center and and otherwise just uh really doing a lot of expansive spiritual practices in our own lives and uh i gotta say this has been an excellent excellent year that is awesome it seems to be a, a really productive year for a lot of folks which i'm really thankful for um unlike some of the previous years that we've had that were not so productive due to you know global catastrophes um but also speaking about catastrophes y'all are in canada are you guys okay with the wildfires up there yes yes we are it's okay. um <laughs> it was it was it was wild for a while um we never got uh any of the wildfires really close to us okay. um we were always we we're always a ways away but um uh yeah the the smoke was very very present i remember one morning where i went out there at like uh you know 10 a.m and see the sun and you know high above the horizon but it was it looked like the moon but just a reddish moon like it was you could stare at the sun Oh not advocating gosh. staring at the sun people be careful but yeah, do uh, <laughs> you could you could literally like i literally just watched the sun for like two minutes and it was just so eerie and and mesmerizing yeah it was so there's a lot of beauty mixed with the horrors of that of that of those wildfires but yeah everyone that uh, we know is is safe thankfully I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that. I, I do worry about my Canadian friends with hearing about them, especially with all the smoke we got all the way down here in Tennessee. Um, you know, we got tons of smoke from those fires. So it, it was pretty scary for a minute. And I'm like, oh, well, if we're getting this much smoke, it's got to be bad up there. But I'm glad you guys are I would safe. Like to, <laughs> I'd like to apologize to the entire United States for our Canadian, <laughs> our Canadian smoke. Sorry about that, guys. That was very Canadian of you. <laughs> you say sorry, right? <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, but you know, I, I, you don't have to apologize to us. It's okay. We understand the world's on fire, literally everywhere. So totally get it. <laughs> um. So today, for those who are listening, we're going to be talking about channeling deities and kind of the practices that we all kind of share and encompass with each other and. Yeah. So now, Lova, you were saying before uh, we started recording that this was kind of a private practice and now you're getting it more public. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So for um, I've been channeling for multiple years now, but I was not comfortable um, just being open about it. Mm -hmm. I, and with time, by just 
coming across so many people, so many channelers, I felt more comfortable to share it with the world. Yes. I feel that. I I have been channeling for quite some time as well. And it was always one of those practices for me that was kind of like, well, I don't know if I'm doing it right or if my way is the one that everybody would understand. And so when I do it, it's like, oh, well, you know, it, it kind of comes with that degree of um, the social construct of are you crazy because you're channeling a deity? <laughs> and then once you kind of get in a like-minded group that are like, no, tell us how this works and explain it to us and help us do it. It's really interesting and fascinating, especially to watch what, um, like in our group, um, a lot of our members started to learn how to channel on their own and watching that progression go from not really being able to do it or do it successfully to being able to do it successfully and in their own way. And it's just such a cool experience. So yes. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I just, I just agree with you. <laughs> yes. So, um, what were, you know, how does channeling kind of look for you? You know, obviously for a lot of practitioners, it's going to look very different because, you know, we're all individuals and our practices are individual. Um, but how does it kind of work for you? Like, what, what is your process for channeling? Well, to channel, I usually will lay down on um, the bed. And um, Eric will be there to kind of write down the <laughs> conversation or ask questions. And uh, um, and so I would lay down, I would take a lot of deep breath and um, I would just focus on emptying myself uh, because I channel from a, a shamanic background. So I see it as like emptying the bone. So being a hollow bone. Mm -hmm. And um, and so at some point, I just feel like I, I just feel my skin, but inside of me is empty. You know, like a, these uh, Easter chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> like an Easter chocolate. And um and so from um, my head, I feel the, um, like a beam of energy coming through my head. And then I would inhale the spirit in. Um, and it kind of, it will shape itself as if it's smoke and it will shape itself into my, my mold and it will take space. From there. I think that's kind of how mine works a little bit too. Um, it, you know, it's a kind of tapping into the weird web of weird for me. And um, then, you know, obviously taking those deep breaths and then it, it's interesting how, you know, yours is comes in through like almost the top of your head. Mine comes in directly through my third eye and like, I feel it in my forehead and then it's like, okay, now I'm tapped. I understand. And it's almost like I feel that connection between my third eye and whomever I'm channeling um, and get to kind of be tapped into them and then allowing them to kind of speak through me and all that. It's a very interesting process. And um, it's not so those who are listening, I, I'd like to preface a little bit of housekeeping. So 
if you're new to channeling, I highly recommend that you kind of learn the background of it and what it is and what it kind of is um, as much as you can from obviously texts. But channeling is also one of those things there's not going to be a whole lot written about it because it's more of an advanced practice. And so it's not in the basic handbooks of 101 witchcraft <laughs> or 101, you know, kind of things. So if you're doing it, make sure that you have somebody with you to help pull you out in case something happens. Um, if you get uncomfortable or things turn a little weird, because sometimes things like to hijack the session and having somebody there to pull you out is always a good idea, um, just so that everything is safe. Um, that That's my housekeeping notice for everyone who's listening. But outside of that, um, yeah, definitely, I encourage everybody to try it at least once. <laughs> I think it's also interesting how there is a range of the usage of the term channeling, right? Mm -hmm. So oftentimes people take it as like, oh, okay, um, I'm closing my eyes, I'm reaching out, and okay, I can hear messages I'm conveying and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, that's certainly one aspect or one form that channeling takes but then there's there's channeling that on the other end of the spectrum is almost much more like you're literally giving the spirit your vocal cords you're literally mm -hmm. letting that spirit move your face and body right it's it's literally more on the side of spirit possession yes then uh and and so i think that's very important to to keep those terms well, to kind of clarify what we're talking about here, <laughs> and so with uh, certainly with Lauva, right? It's uh, um, she. It's it's actually quite incredible to sit in, in on these sessions because it's uh, um, it's a complete transformation of being, I would mm -hmm. say, and it's it's just a an absolute pleasure to witness. I I have to say that in those kinds of regards, um, there have been several sessions that I've done with. Uh, my my coven and uh i'll get out of the session and i'll be like your voice changed it sounded like you had multiple voices coming out of you it was very interesting and creepy and um it, it kind of depends on also what we are channeling sometimes it's spirit sometimes it's deities um but the the difference between those two is how things shift almost biologically within the body of whoever the channeler is like you know, I can have a range of vocal cords, but sometimes, according to them, and according to the recordings, because we record all of our sessions audibly, so, you know, we can go back and listen to them, it won't sound like me. It'll sound like somebody else. And, which is just insanely crazy and so awesome, because it's like, wow, that really is different. And so it's a fun kind of experience to watch and wit and witness um and then to go back and look at how everything else um transpired and now we have a couple of members who are going into channeling themselves and it's it's cool to watch them go through similar processes of how they change as well absolutely and uh, uh oh sorry go ahead lava oh no it's okay i just wanted to add that there is you can start with like soft technique of channeling um, and then you can just move, you know, through more uh, difficult. By this, I mean, it's um, you have easier type of channeling where it's just, yes, you hear the voice in your head and then 
you kind of translate it in your word mm-hmm. out loud, but you can also um, then I think it's become more and more difficult as you have to let more and more space for the spirit to be in and interact with your, you know, your vessel. Um, and of course it can be, um, you want to set boundaries. So you have your, you keep your integrity and you are safe. Uh, but usually the first thing you do is to channel a, a deity or, or a spirit that you know and that you trust and that you already uh, can uh, know the energy so you mm-hmm. know it's the, the right one. And one thing I find interesting is that when you do uh, core shamanism, you have a difference between um, different type of channeling and spirit possession. Um, and the way, like if we talk about it in a malevolent way like the spirit possession is not something that you consent it is an intrusion Mm -hmm. from a spirit that uh, just decided to possess you compared to let's say what they would call merging which is inviting the spirit in um, or uh, becoming the spirit I think that those are really great terms to do it. Um, my personal terminology that I use, and I've heard others use this too, when it comes to, like you were saying, soft channeling, I call that tapping, where you're tapping into them. Um, it's almost kind of like, you know, you get to, or if you want to put it in a video game kind of sense, where like, for example, from like cyberpunk, you jack into them and you get to kind of download some information, but you're still you. And then like you were saying, where you have all the way up through spirit possession. Um, and possession is one of those finicky terms that nobody really likes to use. And I think in those kinds of regards, every word has a two-sided edge. And so spirit possession can be good if you know what you're doing. (laughs) If you don't know what you're doing or you're just being like, oh, I'm just going to do this and you haven't set your boundaries or you don't have your guardians in place or your protections in place, then yes, it can become malevolent. Um, now I would say in terms of deities, I've never had a deity that forcibly possessed. It was always invitation. There's always consent in every deity, especially the Norse deities. Norse deities are very big into consent. Um, they don't really ever overstep those bounds. And at least with me personally, I've never had one overstep those bounds. They're very much big into consent and they want you to say yes before anything transpires. And if you don't say yes and you say, no, I'm not comfortable with this, it stops. It no means no to the deities, which is great. <laughs> so um, I think now, Lova, do you have that kind of experience when you're working with deities um, where you, the consent is 100% key for them? Yes, I would say yes, except for one time. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually a, um, I found out later that it was a an initiation just oh, to see if I could take it. Yeah, Eric was there. We were like one month into dating each other and uh, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. I don't know, Eric, do you want to tell the story? You're, you're really good at it. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Brittany, have we told this story on your show before? Maybe. I don't remember. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> you might if we go it over it again. It's been a just... minute since y'all have been here, and I am Dory when it comes to things. So. <laughs> yeah, so it it happened. Yeah, when we had been dating for a month, and it was a long distance relationship, and uh, we lived about two hours apart. And uh, in one one weekend, Lauva, she's attending a uh, this um, art workshop, and when she does art, she um, really trances out and so she was doing art for maybe like what eight hours 12 hours that day she gets back to her apartment she continues to do that that art and um she's feeling like there's this energetic vortex in the room right lova yeah so it was like in the so i i had an apartment where my kitchen and my living living room were together mm-hmm. and I was using the, the kitchen table as a, a desk for drawing and doing my my um, collage, which is weird because I had my studio like I, this was just making no sense already. But I felt a big vortex uh, in the in the center of my living room, just going round and round. And so I I just put everything on the floor and I started to create there instead. And now, Eric, I'll let you tell uh, the rest. <laughs> sure. So then she calls me about two hours after that and and is is rather alarmed and says, I can't remember the last two hours. And I figure she's just super ungrounded or something. So I just, you know, walk her through a grounding exercise on the phone. And uh, then she, you know, goes off to to take a shower. Well, after a shower, she calls me again and she says, Eric, I, I can't remember the half an hour when I was taking a shower. And uh, while I'm talking to her, then something switches in her and I just hear growling on the other end of the phone. Like, oh. And and so, you know, what do you do in that situation? You revert to everything you've seen on TV. <laughs> so it's like, what do I do? Well, I don't know. You don't have a right to be there. You need to leave. You know, I cast you out, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it eventually switched back to Lauva. And um, she then proceeded to like, she was thoroughly freaked out by the situation, started bawling, you know, and it's like, okay, we got to figure this out. And so the next morning I was like, okay, just, you know, it's, it's already like midnight. I'm going to come early morning. We're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And and so I packed up a kit of like, you know, I've been in esotericism for a long time before. So I take every single amulet and, and trinket and anything that I can think that can help in this situation, pack it in a bag, take tons of salt, tons of uh, cleansing incense, all that. And so I go to her apartment and I get there. We start cleansing. I start going around putting salt everywhere and uh, cleansing with uh, uh, with incense. And it's funny because we were a month into dating. And so I decided, look, I don't know what's going on here, but if anything goes bad, I want some kind of documented evidence of whatever happens. Like this is pure self-preservation on my part. So mm-hmm. I actually brought a little handy cam on a tripod that I put on the, uh, on the, uh, on the kitchen table. And, and, reviewing that tape after what i do notice is that when i was going around putting salt down and 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 otherwise cleansing with incense there um lava was following me 
but she had her head down and she looked like she was drunk. And so already something was, was stirring there. And so when I'm finished then cleansing the apartment, uh, Lauva, I, I, I can't find Lauva. I have no idea where she is. It, she's out there on the uh, on the uh, the patio, uh, which is you know three stories up. Oh goodness! And uh, <laughs> and so I and she's so I go out there and she's already kind of huddled in a corner, and I I you know I kneel down and I just see it's not her. Like I can see on the facial expression, uh, the way that the facial mu facial muscles are being held. And so I just ask, you know, who are you? You know, it's very, very surreal thing that first time when you see this, because it's like, that's not you. Who is this? And uh, at that point, Lauva started looking like a scared animal. And then she started standing up and she put her hand on the railing and almost looked like she was going to put her foot on a chair, like she was going to jump over. And at that point, I'm like, nope. And I just like grab her in a bear hug and I just drag her inside. And of course, that's when it starts fighting back with me a little bit and like, you know, hissing and, and flailing a little bit. And I, uh, so I bring her back and I try to put her on a chair uh, in the kitchen. And uh, of course, I then, you know, thinking, wow, I got to get this on, on camera. I grab the handy cam. I'm trying to place it uh, in a way that it can capture her but then it takes that opportunity to get up and start rushing towards the front door and I'm thinking oh this is great this is the last thing I need for her to get into the hallway and then me to like grab her and try to drag her back into the apartment like the optics on this are not good no. so um <laughs> but thankfully she's you know she's fiddling with the lock still and when I'm able to get her and just drag her back and I'm able to kind of wrestle her onto the floor of the kitchen. And I'm just holding her there like in a UFC hold from behind, just trying to keep her from <laughs> keep keep her still, but also to make sure her head doesn't hit the floor or anything. And uh then it was just the most uncanny 30 minutes of uh that I'd ever had in my life up to then. And I, you know, it's what do you do in that situation? You fall back on uh you call in every spiritual favor that you've ever <laughs> made, right? So you call right. upon every deity, every every spirit that you've ever met. Like, I need your help here. And it was weird because in that time on the floor, holding her while talking to the entity and talk, calling upon my spirits and everything, it I, I was not afraid ever. I knew, okay, I can get through this. I knew, I, I just knew at this deep, soul level certainty everything is going to be okay just move through this it's okay and eventually i told the being okay look i can understand why you want to be this was like after half an hour you know i understand why you want to be here she's a very lovely girl I, i'm sure that she's a very nice vessel but you can't stay here and if you stay i'm going to uh make it an unpleasant experience you're not going to be able to enjoy your time in this vessel because i will keep fighting you and keep and keep on you and harass you with this and uh and so what happened then is uh it uttered you know throughout the entire experience everything i was getting from this being was very guttural very mm -hmm. like, you know and it said the first word that it said and the only word and it said fine 
And then 30 seconds after that, Lauva pops back in. Her first question is, why am I on the floor? And <laughs> she had no memory of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, what we found out later, right, is that this has to be, this experience has to be put into context in that Lauva had been doing a lot of shamanic journeying for a long time. And that morning, sorry, the morning before, I believe, Lauva said to her guides in, in, a, in a journey and asked them, what's next? Show me what's next. I'm ready for what's next. And, uh, and of course, then <laughs> later that day or the next day, she had this experience. And it was giving them, it was them giving her what's next. And in retrospect, after uh, time had passed, we realized in working with our guides and working with our spirits that actually the being who came in to Lalva was a, a guide of hers and that this was an initiation. This was a test. And, you know, a test, an initiation can be very scary. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, yes. it, it's a transformational event where you're never the same afterwards. And the way that we understand it after is that this was basically saying, okay, you're interested in this shamanism stuff. You're interested in the spirits. Okay, well, we're going to show you what's actually out there. And we're going to see if you're going to run away from it. You know, you could, Love and I easily could have had this experience and, and been like, okay, well, I'm going to go burn all my occult books and I'm going to go <laughs> join a monastery and Love goes and joins a convent, you know. Uh, but we we doubled down. We we're like, wow, that was absolutely amazing. We have to dig into this as deeply as possible. We have to to learn what's out there because okay, we the, the the reality of this has been confirmed to us. Now, what do we do with that? What can we find out? What is out there? And so we just doubled down, and eventually that led to creating the Spirit World Center and all that. And uh, it was a test. It was like, okay, we're going to show you some of the scariest stuff that can happen. This is literally one of the scariest things that can happen in your relationship with spirits. And uh, are you going to run from it? Or are you going to, you know, are you going to double down? And uh, I, I, we really feel that that was the, the initiation. And also in retrospect, her guide was, was the one that was there. And ultimately the sense that we have is that everything there was a pantomime it was it was an act meant to freak us out as much as possible to see if we had the the, the fortitude to withstand something like that and and so even like the you know pretending to to step up on the rail to to get near the railing almost like she was going to jump it was like no this was actually a pantomime to just Freak us out and be appropriate enough uh, to see if we uh, if we could withstand it. And so, yeah, that was that was one heck of an initiation event. And uh, you know, don't worry, people. You know, initiations are not always that intense. <laughs> they can be, but they at the same time, be. initiations can be <laughs> a lot more relaxed. Um, but you know, initiation often involves that that test, that trial, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's certainly what we got. I think that that's a really interesting kind of experience and terrifying experience at the same time. Um, I'm glad that you came out 
you know, sane on the other side of that, that would be terrifying to experience. Wow. You know, speaking to your point about, um, well, about them not doing anything that you're not okay with, that you haven't given the okay. Mm -hmm. It's curious because Laova did tell her spirits to show her what's next <laughs> in her journey the night before mm -hmm. or the, the morning before. So uh, she did kind of, what would you say, Laova? Did you kind of give them permission? Well, we can, we can see it like this for sure. I mean, um, because I never set boundaries of about possession, mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. But also, um, what I know is that the spirits they will uh, give you challenges that they know you can overcome. They won't give you something just to like make you fail. Like they they know you if you can be up to the challenge and and actually win that. So. That's something that I think that I like. that's pretty true. Um, whether or not you, as the the practitioner, believe that you're up to it, that's a whole nother story. Um, but most of the time, in my experiences, most deities and spirits will never throw anything too hard at you. Now, let me rephrase this: deities and spirits that want to work with you will never throw it anything that you can't handle at you. Spirits and um, we're going to say other entities or whatever you want to call them, malevolent entities, they don't necessarily want to work with you and they also don't have your best interests at heart. And so they may throw some things at you that go, uh, no, I, I didn't consent to this. I was not okay with this. This is not all right. And in that kind of thing, that's where you can potentially get hurt. Um, does it happen always? No. Does it happen as often as the television makes it seem? No, but it can. And so that's why when you're doing any sort of spirit work, deity communication, anything, you want to have your boundaries set. You want to have your wards up. You want to make sure you're taking your precautions and, you know, just willy nilly saying, oh, I'm not going to do any of that because it's going to hinder my stuff. I have so many wards all over my property, all over my house, everywhere. And I still do spirit communication almost daily and never have had it interfere. So if you do it correctly, I would say that you're never going to run into that, but also making sure that anything that means you harm or just gets curious and is like not really the best kind of thing for you to be playing with, um, that's what you kind of want to keep out. Everything that you want to give consent to or that is open to working with you in a benevolent way or even just a I would say a almost indifferent teaching way because not everything is 100% benevolent or 100% you know good either it's somewhere in the middle but as long as you're getting something out of it and learning and all that then it's okay you can communicate with that and I've still come across stuff that wasn't in my best interest, but it got yeeted out of my my personal bubble very quickly because it wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's so important not to be kind of Pollyanna-ish, you know, and, and be like, everything's love and light. And it's like, no, there are things out there that are, I like to say predatory, right? Yeah. In, in that it, it wants to eat you. It wants to get something from you, you know? and and ultimately, 
you know, the lion is evil to the gazelle. Right. And so it's it's kind of that same situation. You know, there's leeches and there's mosquitoes out there, uh, both in the physical world, but also in, you know, in the spiritual world. And these things will prey upon you. And and so you have to be careful of that. Absolutely. Uh, but that, yeah. And so you ward against that. You 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 do your cleansings and you make sure that you have a lot of intention and a lot of protection going on. And and then the the channeling act the or even the act of spirit possession can be incredibly incredibly powerful um mm -hmm. for instance i mean the positive beings that can come through oh my like uh lauva that do you want to talk about whale spirits and the and the positive vibes that that brings oh gosh i love whale spirits uh she I say she because I feel like she's kind of a feminine whale that comes in. There's more of the kind of the feminine energy to her. Um, and it just feels like a big wave of calm and um, kind of heavy but flowy energy all at once. And when I'm really stressed, this is she's she's the my queen of the ocean. She knows how to navigate these emotions and I just call on her and, and I just invoke her to be within me because I just benefit so much from her energy. And often like um, she likes to sing. So she does like whale songs. It's pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That is super yeah. awesome. Kind of going back to initiations. Did I ever tell you guys the story of my initiation with the Morgan? No. I think you might have, but uh, that was a while ago. It was a while like, ago. <laughs> so in terms of, for those who are listening, y'all may have heard this. I think you probably have through a couple of episodes, but if you haven't, here's the story. So the Morgan had been kind of poking her head around and kind of, you know, poking at me for a while. And I was terrified of her because I had bought into this whole, you can't work with her unless you're X, Y, and Z, or you can't do this, or she's not for the faint of heart. Well, truth be told, she is not for the faint of heart, but anybody can work with her if she's willing to work with you. And so I had kind of believed that I was not of the appropriate par because of some folks that I'd worked with in my past and that she wouldn't want to work with me. And so when she started kind of poking around, I'm like, why are you here? Like, what do you want? Ma'am, you freak me out. Why are you here? And I ended up getting extremely ill. I was super sick with the flu. And um, the only reason I even know that this was a legit initiation was because I was so sick and I was actually scared to fall asleep. So a friend of mine who didn't sleep, um, who stayed up all night, was like, just call me on Discord. I will stay with you all night long while you sleep. And if anything happens, I'll shout in your ear and wake you up. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, my husband was also working nights at the time. And so like it was not like he couldn't be home. And so it was all a thing. So I ended up going to sleep. And... I probably had a fever of like 101 and I was feeling terrible and I ended up having a dream that wasn't a dream and 
you know when you kind of have those dreams that just don't feel right they they don't feel like dreams they feel more like visions and i ended up seeing her she walked into my dream and she was like i would like you to come with me and i'm like um do i have to <laughs> and she's like if you trust me i will guide you through everything and i'm like okay so she held out her hand i took her hand and she guided me into essentially the void and i saw things that were absolutely utterly terrifying um from skulls to dead bodies to basically anything that death could touch i saw it and um i had other entities that were around that i could see but i couldn't touch them it was very terrifying and then she guided me through this whole thing and then i came to this open chasm and you could see the other side of it and the only thing that you could see around you was darkness other than like it was just dimly lit enough that i could see this chasm and she disappeared from standing next to me and she was on the other side and she says walk to me and i'm like there's no bridge there's nothing here she's like walk to me and i almost didn't do it and i remember almost not doing it and then she says if you trust me you'll be fine and i was just like part of my brain was just like fuck it it's a dream what's gonna happen to you right <laughs> just go and the other part of my brain brain is like this is not a dream don't walk across that and so i walked across it did not fall there was no bridge but i did not fall and i got to the other side and she said when you wake up tomorrow you will see the other side of the world and i'm like what does that mean and the next morning i woke up i was perfectly fine i was no longer sick and that does not happen ever especially with my immune system and i when i woke up the next morning my friend who was still on the phone with me was like you made the scariest noises in your sleep like he was like i swore to god you were possessed he said i was screaming at you trying to wake you up he said you would not wake up for anything he said you made the most terrifying noises he said it sounded like you were possessed by a demon and i was like i don't remember making any noises and he's like what did you dream and i told him and he was like that doesn't sound like a dream and i was like i don't think it was and the next day my psychic senses blew up i saw everything way like i had kind of seen things prior you know and all that but i had never i had almost kind of shut my psychic senses down because i didn't really want to do that i didn't want to use the term psychic i didn't like it i didn't like um kind of being in touch with that i didn't want to be the weirdo that saw things or knew things or any of that and so i was very reserved and kind of scared of those abilities because of society and then the next day everything blew up i knew things about people that i never wanted to know i knew i could see other beings i saw everything on my farm because it was like the veil was gone and it was like that for probably about a month which was really infuriating because it was like i see everything and then everything started to kind of like i was able to turn the dials to kind of figure out like how much i wanted to see when i wanted to see it when i wanted it turned on when i didn't want it turned on and once i kind of figured that out 
then it was the Morgan kind of came back after that and she was like, now you're ready for my work. And I'm like, are, are, are we're actually doing this? Like, you're one of mine now? <laughs> and she's like, I'm one of your main ones now. And I'm like, oh, and fast forward to today, I am a priestess of the Morgan and a death worker. And it's amazing how initiation <laughs> comes through, isn't it? And yeah, it's that that fear, but also, yeah, those animalistic noises that you're making that I've seen it many times as well. It's like a reprogramming of that physical and energetic nervous system. Yeah. And it's it, it leads to to lasting change, you know, it's yeah. almost I've... like touching the primal side of yourself that, you know, society hasn't gotten its little fingers on and told you that, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that and, you know, convinced you otherwise. And then when you actually touch that primal side, you know, that that true kind of spirit side of yourself, then you get to see all the things that you could become and all the different like avenues of magic that you can touch and work with and when you really tap into that is where the really cool stuff happens and then you're just like wow that's really awesome that i did that thing because you were able to tap into the deep dark spots of yourself absolutely we are we are capable of such wonders if people just learn to trust themselves if mm -hmm. people just learn to not shut it off before they even get started because they they're afraid that they just don't have that capability, right? If we just trust, there's there's amazing things that we can do. I mean, even I can channel, you know, like Lava especially is is gifted at it. But uh, you know, if you just take your time and trust yourself, uh, you know, I got I got some pretty good advice a long time ago about uh, the channeling and and deity possession and such. Um, when it came to, you know what, just, uh, just have a drink first. And, you know, I've, anyone, you know, to the thing is, Lauva's very, you know, right brain, very artistic, very intuitive, right? And then I'm kind of the left brain complement to that, right? I'm very much about, oh, my, you know, knowledge and 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 um uh, kind of rational understanding of things and so we complement each other very well but at the same time even my left brain self is able to uh you know to do some channeling and such and then you take a little longer for it you know i need to take a few extra steps like you know have a nice bourbon first mm -hmm. but uh but then you know lay on that bed take your time and just allow that process to happen it might take an hour who mm -hmm. knows but at the same time set yourself aside and and it comes through you know so yeah people are capable of of anything they just have to give themselves permission to do it i completely agree with that and i think that you know if you find yourself struggling with you know channeling or even spirit work or even working with like your psychic sense whatever you want to call it um kind of allowing yourself to you know like you were saying have a drink first to almost just kind of take some of that stress off and decompress a little bit helps wonders so much and me i don't have to do that anymore now it's just kind of like take a few deep breaths kind of center myself you know and i can just tap right into wherever i'm going to go or whatever i'm going to do and then um you know if i'm channeling then i'm opening myself up to allow whatever's happening or whoever i'm communicating with to kind of come through 
Uh, but it's it's interesting how when you first get started, it's like, no, I can't do this. The brain tries to stop you too much. And it's like, nope, nope, nope. You can't do that. Nope, that that's not OK. You're going to be called a crazy person. Don't do this. And then eventually your brain just will quiet down. And it's like, OK, well, I'm going to go chill out while you do whatever it is that you're doing. <laughs> and my brain kind of goes on vacation for a little bit. Um, that left side of that very analytical side of the brain. Um that tells you no. It, it it just is like, well, I'm gonna go sit in the corner and do something else, I guess, while you do this. <laughs> and it works out. Brittany, you were mentioning earlier that you've done some channeling with your group and such, mm -hmm. and that you do you do you have um I find this varies a lot from person to person. When when you do it, do you find that you have memory of what happened? Or Sometimes. uh yeah. That's yeah. Same with love sometimes, right? It depends on situation, the spirit, the intention, all these things. It depends on how deep it goes. So like if I get deep into a trance with something, I don't remember hardly anything at all. Um, and, you know, my group will be like, hey, this happened. They, you said this. This was what happened. This got really freaky here or whatever it was. Um, and... Other times if it's kind of a light channel and sometimes like channeling is not just like a sure thing for me. Like it's, um, you know, like you can get every piece right, do all the stuff and even then whatever, and this happens a lot more with spirits than deities. Um, it's almost like they don't know how to communicate through you and it takes them more time and sometimes it doesn't come through very clearly. Sometimes I don't see things as clearly because they're having a hard time manifesting for me. Um, and they may think that they're fully manifested, but for me to be able to see them, to kind of cross over that veil and see things really clearly, sometimes it doesn't come through very clear. And, um, you know, and that's okay. Like, I know that that happens and, you know, you get what you get. And um, also sometimes they don't really want to talk. They'll just want to sit there. And so they won't say anything for 15, 20 minutes. And then out of the blue, you'll just get some strange, you know, statement. And it's like, well, that didn't make sense. Well, I don't know if it 100% always makes sense sometimes. Um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, because I don't always remember what's being asked. So I'll have to, you know, go back and listen and be like, oh, well, yeah, that kind of made a little bit of sense. That, that made more sense than it did when it came out of my mouth. Um, and then, you know, we also do Estes channeling as well. So I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, with the Estes method. Mm -hmm. Yes, with yeah. the, the pink, the half ping pong balls on the eyes. Um, that's, uh, oh, that's Gansfield. Oh, sorry. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah that's no, Gansfield. Sorry, I know what you mean. Um, Estes yeah, 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 is yeah. the one where you use the, the spirit box and you use noise canceling headphones. So you can't hear the person who's asking questions and you only hear the spirit box. And um, we have a member of our group who does Estes, and she's fantastic at it. She's probably the the best Estes person I've ever seen done. Um, she'll get full paragraphs come straight out the Estes box, which is insane in my eyes because I'm like, I've never seen anybody give me like a full paragraph. And she will because she does half channeled and half Estes. And so she gets the full statement of whatever they're saying. And it's the coolest experience when it happens. And it doesn't always work. You know, again, some of the deities or uh, 
spirit entities or whoever that we're trying to communicate with, they don't always get, um, they don't understand how the box works. So they don't know how to communicate through it. And so it won't, it'll come through a little gibberish. And so it'd be like, well, that statement didn't make sense or this didn't make sense because they're having more difficulty doing that. But when you are able to fully channel with them, then they're like, yeah, I know how to do this. I can communicate this way. It's really interesting how um, the different modalities of spirit communication sometimes work. And sometimes even then, like the only way they can communicate is through like, yes, no. And that's like pendulum um, kind of communication. So it's interesting how all the different modalities of um, from soft channeling to full on possession actually work with communication. Yeah, it really is a matter of people's spiritual nervous systems and, and it's always different. And, and uh, uh, even on, on our podcast, I've interviewed like 70 mediums and psychics and, and people with sensitivities and you always get different ways that the spirits come through you know different ways that they see spirits different ways that they experience spirits different ways they hear them different and i really feel that it comes down to that spiritual nervous system how your energies are, are interfacing with the spirit world and with your body and all this and so yeah it really is a matter of finding the technique that works for you and your spiritual nervous system you know if if, if you have really good results with a pendulum that's okay you know you don't have to 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 do full-on spirit possession or channeling or you know if you're hearing through a pendulum and that's where you're at now that's totally okay you know and some people are blessed with uh, the ability to to open up in a big way and and have these these other experiences um it's uh it's all a matter of finding what you are um what just fits for you and once you find that it can just have amazing impact on your life and it's so curious even with uh with channeling spirits i find that there's a there's a you know differences in terms of what kind of effect that has on the um on the body mm -hmm. and uh yeah for instance uh with laova it's it's quite something to see the change in how a spirit is holding her her facial muscles right so you know we have our face muscles and and a lot of our appearance is based on the varying degrees to which we unconsciously keep certain areas tense and loose and uh and so when different spirits come through in a channeling session with lava i absolutely find that you can almost tell them based on the difference in love is facial express. I wouldn't say expression, but in the underlying way that her face is being held. And you know, it's, it's not so it's it's really amazing how different spiritual modalities can have this this different impact on uh on us. And then it really is this this interface between our our spiritual systems and our bodies and and so yeah i really encourage people just to really um find what's right for them because there's different based on on who you are and based on your your uh your energetic nervous system there's going to be techniques that are going to work more easily for you and uh and 
once you find that, really, you know, <laughs> see where you can take it. Now, of course, I, I, I also want to stress, though, everyone can do all of these techniques, right? Mm -hmm. It might take a little extra time, okay, but it's definitely possible. And uh, and yeah, once it once it enters into your life, it it really can can have amazing benefits. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking here. One of the uh, benefits that really helps Lauva and, and myself is that when we get into a fight, oftentimes she channels to bring in a mediator, and it is quite the experience. Oh, that's it's interesting, the... huh? spiritual mediator or mediator that's interesting that's super cool um i do have one question for lava since you do a lot of most of the channeling i would say um do you find that it is easier for you are you able to just like close your eyes and just kind of go into that state or do you have to like be blindfolded do you have to like have um i don't know any sort of like thing to help you kind of focus into that channeling state Oh, that that's a good question. It it depends what I do. If I do more like um, shamanic journeying, I would need a blindfold. Mm -hmm. But usually, I channel with my eyes open. Oh I, wow, that's yeah. interesting. I can't do that. My my, I think it's because my neurodivergent brain would just be like, "Ooh, shiny! Ooh, shiny! Ooh, shiny!" Yeah, <laughs> but, I do that on a normal day without <laughs> trying to channel. I have to be blindfolded for the whole thing. <laughs> Well, you know, then it makes me think, you, you know, you say that you feel it from your third eye mm -hmm. and I feel it from the top of my head. Maybe it has something to do with it. Maybe. I don't... Maybe. Yeah. That That's very interesting how that kind of works. Also, um, my other question for, I would say probably both of you would be when a spirit comes in, spirit slash deity, whichever, you know, you want to apply this to or both. um. How do you sense them? Do you sense, you know, do you sense them around you? Do you sense, um, do you see them? Um, or if you're channeling, um, I think Lava, you've already kind of answered this where it comes in through the top of your head like smoke. Um, but do you feel it before it does that? Like, do you feel just like there's somebody sitting next to me kind of thing? Um, usually... I can't sometimes I can feel that a spirit's a spirit wants to talk. Mm -hmm. Um and I would just kind of stuff to describe. It's almost like a perfume, you know, just like it yeah. smells like it's wants to it it's just a feeling. It's you know when you're hungry, but this is like a, a nudge for like, hey, someone wants to talk. And yeah. I think that's very interesting. Um Eric, is it the kind of same for you or is it different for you? Because, you know, you're more left brained. Yeah, I'm definitely on the left brain side of things. And so my interaction with the spirits is very much ceremonial, you know, holding space and, you know, creating a, let's say, a ceremony and sacred space to then bring them in and feeling that presence, right? I can certainly feel that presence, that tingly sensation that something's there, right? Um, and uh, and so even you know, at the Spirit World Center, this is something that we like to, to teach and offer people multiple ways in, right? So if you're left-brained and you kind of 
I want to do more of a ceremony based almost contractually, like a set up a meeting type thing uh, to work with spirits. You know, you, you have that. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you want to, uh, to, to connect in this very intuitive uh, right brained way, um, then, uh, then that's also a possibility, right? Because uh, to, to everyone, uh, you know, everyone has different needs and, uh, and so uh, and giving that to them. So yeah, for me, I'm very much more, I rely on Lava to know if anyone wants to talk to us. <laughs> that, that's a fair thing. That's a fair assessment. I, I know that there are times where if it's one of my deities, I know all their like energy signatures and how it they feel because they all feel different. And I know, you know, this is the Morgan, this is uh Loki, this is Thor, etc. 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 So um in those kinds of instances, I know who's there because their energy signature is very like, oh, that's how they feel. But if I have some random being or spirit that's just like there's somebody standing behind me kind of thing it's like um can i help you what can i do for you do you want to talk or are you just being a lurker and a creeper um if you're being a creeper please leave <laughs> but if you're just here observing you can stay for the moment but uh if you have nothing to say please leave kind of thing um so it, it's interesting because some i i've noticed there's about two people in our group that are similar to me in that regard and others it's very different for them so um I, that's why i asked because i was like i wonder if they, they're similar to me or if they're slightly different oh funniest thing about being able to sense spiritual energies and such um is dogs and uh and so when uh when lava is channeling we um we had a uh, Australian shepherd who passed away a couple of years ago, but um, when that particular dog would uh, would come in the room when Lava is channeling, it would be so freaked out. And so, like, like Lava would just be sitting at the table, right? And and like ostensibly, like there'd be no difference that a dog should be picking up, right? I mean, it's just Lava sitting at a table talking with me. There's not even really a change in the voice or anything like that, but this 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 uh, uh, Lacey she would walk into the room and just see Lava and see that she's channeling and just she could see. I don't think she felt she didn't feel a malevolent energy or something, but she just I believe she saw a shift in energy that she didn't know, and so she was just like, okay, that. I, this is above my pay grade. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> like, and, I'm out. <laughs> and so, and so she would, she would just, she, but she wouldn't just get freaked out. She would, she would enter the room, walk into the doorway, and then literally just start slowly backing out of the room. Like she would back up out of the room. Like I'm just gonna go. And uh, it's so funny because um, we we have a, 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 a another Australian Shepherd now. Uh, she's uh, still young. She's you know two years. And uh, she, <laughs> she's the opposite. She loves channeling. She like just rushes Lava when she's channeling. Oh, that's cute. I, so they can definitely feel the energies. I, you know, in, in terms of feeling energies, the, the animals do that, that as well. We surprisingly get a lot of animal energies. Like, because, you know, we've had, since my husband and I have been married, we've had two dogs that have passed. And um, 
in his entire life living here um there's probably been i don't know seven dogs total um they're all buried in various places on the property and so uh every now and then our dog bean will act like there's another dog trying to steal her food and then i have to kind of tap in and see if there's anything actually there because she will legit act like there is another dog stealing her food and you know she she's very non-confrontational with other dogs like she's like no you can have it it's fine i'm not gonna i'll just sit here and i'm like what is wrong with you and so then i have to tap in and i'm like oh that's not yours that dog come with me i will get you basically a food offering so that way you can leave my actual physical dog alone so she can eat um and yeah, she's very particular and she will pick up on those things. And there'll be other times now um, when she's eating where she will stop and she'll turn and she'll look at like somebody, almost like there's somebody standing next to her watching her. Like, can I help you? I'm just having my dinner. And we'll stare at them for a good two or three minutes and just kind of watching and seeing what they're going to do before I'm like, hey. Focus. Back to food, please. Finish your your food here. And then she's like, oh, okay. I guess mom's going to keep that from happening kind of thing. It's very peculiar. And we have a lot of spirits that pass through the house. And so, but we also have the wards up. So none of them are malevolent in any way. They won't actually do anything. Basically, if it's like you don't have our in best intentions, you can't come in. Um, If you would like to just pass through and you're just curious and you mean no harm, that's totally fine. We don't mind. And so, yeah, she picks up on it. It's very interesting. But as far as me channeling, she'll sleep through it. She she doesn't even care. It's uh, that's so cute. And yeah, it's it's so important that um, you work with uh, those spirits of the local landscape. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, and uh, it's, it's actually funny when they come through and channeling too. Uh, Lava, do you want to tell the story of the Mimis? Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, this was this was hilarious when it happened. The, the kind of thing you don't expect when you channel. Um, well, we were, of course, I was on the bed and uh, Eric was there with his notebook. And I was just, I didn't know what to channel. I just didn't know what it was. And, and I could, at some point, I felt it was the spirit of the land. Uh, and it take it took time for the spirit to be able to feel comfortable with using like moving my mouth and uh, using like the body a little bit mm -hmm. and so <laughs> the only thing it kept saying was Mimi, and it would be like a conversation that goes like that me 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 me. <laughs> so and you know that was in my my mind in the background it's like what a stupid channeling <laughs> but I'm like no no don't say things like that it's just a spirit expressing itself <laughs> so we're like what the heck is it so we just call it Mimi and then um, later on we googled the name Mimi fairy and it's an actual like fairy uh, from the, uh, is it yeah, an, an Aboriginal uh, Australian Aboriginal lore, and so they they actually have fairies, uh, like a, a class of fairies that uh, dwell within uh, 
with the crevices between rocks. And, and the thing is also that uh, during this channeling session, when, um, it, it, okay, I was saying me, 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 me. But actually, it, was, it kind of sounded like Beaker. Me, 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 me. But, so, but you're right. So, and, and so, um, but then I, I gave what was coming through a, a piece of paper and a pen. And it, it basically drew a picture, a map of the yard. And and then it drew trails through the yard, and I got the sense that it was like showing like it's it, it where it would trape, you know, it, it's it's walking paths, and um, and uh, we got the sense I got the sense through that conversation that it was telling me its home was this big bluff of rocks, this this kind of cliff face that we have in this ravine behind the house. And I was getting the sense that it was, you know, that this was its home. And so we had two data points from this being, right? So one, it kept saying, me, 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 me. And two, it was, you know, we got the sense that, that its home was in these big rocks. And and so, yeah, like, that was the crazy thing, right? So a month later, we, uh, you know, we Google. I'm just like, okay, is there anything that any spirit called Mimi's? Because we, we started calling it Mimi um just because of the way it talked right that inspired us to call it mimi or me or the mimis mm-hmm. and and so you know i google that and then boom you know first first result on wikipedia you know this this class of uh uh of, of fairies within the, the australian aboriginal lore and uh the craziest thing about that right is that in that lore they live in big rocks. So it's like this double confirmation. And it's like, wow, it was uh, quite something. They're, they're fun. They're fun to talk to. That sounds really cool. It, and it's also interesting sometimes when I channel um, things that can't speak basically what we call the common tongue or English, um, I will have it kind of like searching through the dictionary in my brain. And it will be like, I think it's this word, but I don't know if this is what that means. And they'll say some random word and I'll, you know, repeat that. And then whoever's asking the questions would be like, do you mean this? And they'd be like, I think so. And it's very interesting because when it first starts speaking, it's in a totally different language. And then I'm like, give it a minute and see if it can like translate through my brain. And then there are other times where there was one spirit that we spoke with. Um, who basically spoke like ancient Egyptian. And I don't even know what the the actual language of that would be because I was like, this feels like ancient Egyptian. It feels like that's their time period. Um, And so when I was, they couldn't speak English and they couldn't figure it out, but they, they were able to do yes or no's by nodding. So they could understand what we were asking, but they couldn't speak it. And it was really interesting. And it's kind of fun when, you know, entities come through and they're like, we don't speak that language. And then, you know, you have other entities that will come through and they'll speak perfect English. And then they'll do something in a whole nother language that doesn't exist on this plane. And it's like, what was that? Like, I have a guardian who does that. And I'm like, what language was that? And they're like, oh, that's our language. Yeah, similar to your point, the uh, the Mimis eventually did learn to to speak in syllables other than Mimi. Um, <laughs> Laoba, do you want do you want to talk about that bilingual experience from your perspective? 
Yeah. So the funny part is that, you know, my, my primary language is French. And so it's really funny because what you say about how you give your brain as a, you know, dictionary and they kind of learn through your brain and you mm -hmm. translate. Um, so this is what happened with the Mimis. The thing is that they were not making the difference between French and English. And so I would have these sentences that was half French, half English. And like then you would just have Eric scratching his head like, what are you saying here? <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> it's like, like throw some French there and then swap to English. It just make no sense. And then they had to learn that there was like two like compartment right like okay this is like dic french dictionary this is english dictionary because yeah that was interesting <laughs> we had one spirit who came through and that's all he spoke was french and so we were trying to like google translate some like phrases for him and he got really angry because we wouldn't speak french and like almost hostile with us because he wasn't because we wouldn't speak French to him. We were speaking English like that was beneath him to, you know, try to translate in English. He was a very interesting spirit that eventually got yeeted because he was just kind of being an asshole. So <laughs> but he was interesting for the first little bit. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Was he um, uh, was it a spirit <clears throat> from a certain era? I don't know, actually. He didn't give us a whole lot of information, and he he was a spirit that ultimately came through starting with an attack. Like, he, he tried to attack one of our members, um, and when we tried to figure out why, um, he refused to speak English. He would only speak French. And... Basically, it was he was very hostile in the beginning, then kind of calmed down a little bit, was less hostile, and then became kind of hostile again when we would only speak English to him. And, and we were trying to, you know, crudely translate French because I took French in college, but I barely remember how to speak it. I know like maybe three phrases. That's all I remember because I didn't use the language, so it's lost now. Um but uh yeah he he would get very angry and hostile towards us it was a very interesting experience um but yeah he eventually got yeeted out and kind of kicked out of the the translation circle because a he started with an attack and then just got really hostile with us so he wasn't in our best interest <laughs> wow that's very interesting but you know i can see this because um I mean, in Quebec, well, not now, now it's okay, but I mean, Quebec uh, is a province of, of Canada and uh, it's the French, you know, the French part of Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, they tried to separate and become a country twice, um, one in like the 1980s and then again in 1995. And there was a lot of animosity between, uh, well, Francophone and Anglophone. Um, mm -hmm. It was quite something. I wonder if, you know, maybe you, you got someone like that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, he was just one of those spirits that, you know, every now and then you'll get one that's just not very nice and just kind of an asshole. And he was one of those people that it was just like, really? that That's where we're going to go with this? Okay. You, like, you, out of all the things you could have chosen to do with your life, this is what you're choosing. All right. <laughs> 
did you um, ever experience like when you channel like kind of having a skill that you usually don't have um not so much like when i channel i almost kind of go into like um almost like a trance state so it's like i'm not really moving or doing anything like that because i if i do that it's almost my my brain tries to kick me out of the trance if i try to move too much or do something and of course like i said before i have to be blindfolded but then there are times where i will understand other languages that i don't speak and so that i guess that would count to kind of answer your question but um and sometimes i understand them sometimes i don't and it also it, it's a weird kind of experience it also depends on how deep in the trance i am if i'm super deep into it then it those kinds of things happen if i'm just kind of more or soft channeled slash tapping in um usually it's like oh you're speaking another language i don't understand what that means and so yeah and sometimes i can't go any deeper than a soft channel with some spirits they won't let me oh that's super you know like i never uh like hear a language in like understand it i i guess is more on um, a heart feeling you know like mm -hmm. i would not understand the words but i could feel the meaning of it if it's another language but there was one time where i was lying down and i was not you know it was not about moving or any anything like that but i did start singing oh and interesting yeah and the thing is that That, that session I was just channeling my higher self I wanted to really connect with my higher self and I start singing and that's something that I usually do but I went in a really deep trance and um I actually started singing opera oh and like, wow and it was really like things that I've never done with my throat ever uh I just started to sing in a way that was just insane I was Eric was there Eric you can tell like it was just like crazy yeah it was it was something she has some pipes <laughs> she has some pipes that's for sure like just it was um talking you know I mean uh I didn't know that she had that in her and it's just once again it's one of those facets where it's just amazing how the spirits can can work with your body in ways that you didn't even know <laughs> that you could you know um i i remember once you know we were channeling loki and lauva was holding a pen and lauva slash loki threw the pen at me and it uh it, it hit it hit my chest in a way that it fell into the the um, chest pocket of my dress shirt so <laughs> for like 10 feet away so you know it's uh just flick the pen at like, me yeah it, i got it i got it in the yeah. pocket he was probably yeah so it's excited. like <laughs> that one a thousand cry shot you know so i mean you know they can <laughs> they can do amazing things through that body absolutely that's really fun and loki's a fun one to to channel because you never know what you're gonna get um <laughs> yeah he he's one of those ones where it's like okay i you don't even know what you know voice is going to come through whether it be male female whatever kind of you know how he chooses to channel that day um but yeah he, when he does it's very interesting uh he's a fun one to channel um 
the the one that is most recent for me as far as channeling goes as far as deity goes is anubis and he is a very interesting because he's very he doesn't like to use words to talk he likes to show me things more than actual like true like sentence communication he'll like to show me kind of what he's wanting to me to see or do or whatever um and it may almost be and in some regards it's almost like looking into a past life memory of me working with him and it's like i want you to do this but i want you to do it in this life kind of thing oh that's that's awesome that's very cryptic it is very like cryptic <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I I think it's to expect with, with uh Anubis. So. Yeah, he he's he's a cryptic one. Um and uh whatever he ends up wanting to do because you know uh doing death work and stuff like that, he's very big into, you know, the one that's kind of leading the charge with that. Um and so he'll he'll send, you know, messages of hey, this needs to be worked with. Or, hey, this spirit is going to come through. I'm sending them. You need to do this, X, Y, and Z. And it's, it'll be, you know, a statement of, hey, I'm going to send X, Y, and Z spirit to you. And then it's imagery of, you need to do this with them. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And did you always work with Anubis or you have other... Anubis was a stalker spirit. for a while. <laughs> and I okay. say that lovingly with Anubis. Honestly, Anubis came through probably... I don't know, four or five years ago. And I was like, do, do you really want to work with me? Like, don't get me wrong. I have a huge interest in working with like Anubis and, you know, ancient Egyptian stuff and like the Egyptian deities. Like I have a huge interest in it, but I didn't have enough interest to really dive deep and learn about it. Like I, I was interested in it. I was fascinated with it. If any of it came up, I'd be like, Ooh, what is that kind of thing? But it was never enough for me to go in like the academic kind of route and go do heavy research into it and so anubis started coming through a while back and when he'd come through i'm like can i help you what do you need like why are you here and he would kind of give me this nudge like i kind of want to work with you and i'm like first of all i've already got like six deities i'm working with i i don't know if i reasonably have the time to work with you um so you're going to have to be aware of that. And I don't know if I really want to work with you because I know what you're all about. And I don't know if I want to go down the death work road. I don't know if that's what I really want to do. Like I'm open to the psychic work. I'm open to the deity work, but I don't know if I really want to go down death work roads. And so um, he was patient, like very patient, um, but he kept pushing that button like, hey, I really still want to do this time has passed you up for it yet and it's like nope not yet not yet and then a couple of months i don't know it was probably three four months ago um i finally was just like you know what i'm gonna do it let's do this i accept and he's like cool since you're already a priestess of loki and the morgan i want that job as well i want you to be one of my priestesses Sir, uh, I just started working with you. Can we at least get past introductions? And he's like, we've been introduced for like five years. <laughs> and it was a crash course in working with Anubis in like two months flat. Like as soon as I said yes, he's like, zooms in, does all the stuff. It was probably 
um, every time I would do like a meditation, he would immediately kind of come in and be like, hey, I want to talk. Can I hijack your meditation so we can talk? And of course, I would say yes. And it was just Crash Course Anubis. And oh, wow. Yeah. Fastest deity introductions I've probably ever had with any of my deities. That's intriguing. I love how the the, um, the deities and, and spirits, they just have this unique way to present themselves and to start working with you. There was one time, or they sometimes they just pop, like, I, I do that work. It's actually, it's funny because me, it's the reverse. What brought me to channeling to, you know, the witchcraft everything was actually uh spirit work because mm-hmm. my i i started meditating and i started having a lot of problems with just seeing spirits interacting with spirits and don't know what it was just happening to me and then i felt uh lost um and so what's my my first thing that I wanted to learn was about dead work and, and psychopomp work um, to to be more in charge mm-hmm. uh, with that. And um, yeah, so sorry, I didn't. I lost my 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 train of thought here. Uh, you were talking about mm. how that you came into working with some deities and um, with psychopomp work and everything else, and that's how some of them came through for you. Yes, because yeah, I found that interesting that you you um you know how they they show it to you mm-hmm. how how he he presents himself, and so in my psychopomp journey or dead work journey, um, I'm working with this a specific uh spirit, um, and so I was, I I I had a weird journey where, um. I was there with my guide and we had a, um, I don't know how to put it, like someone that didn't know to choose whether they were Christian or if they were Norse. So it was some someone for a certain era. And so it was kind of deciding which way it would go. And then from the sky, there was this, this big man with like long white beard and he's all like shiny and he's he's kind of walking slowly down the air as if he's going down the stairs but without stairs and it's just so funny to just watch him coming down like taking his time like he's a big shot and (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm like who are you (laughs) and then he's like uh I'm Odin and pretty much he's just uh sell he was just there to to sign up the guy for for coming with him instead of the christian god and it was like what that anyway i witnessed so that. on brand for odin <laughs> and i'm like i didn't even know that odin was doing psychopomp at the time and then i i learned that I was like what and i said it makes so much sense because of like the the valhalla but it didn't ring in my head that mm-hmm. I thought it was like the Christian God because he really looked like he looked like the Christian God. It was like the the same kind of. That's so funny. I think yeah. probably the most annoying and interesting 
like spirit that we had to move on we we ended up with a group of spirits with our our coven that we were trying to help and one spirit um was this little old christian lady and she very much wanted to go to heaven and do her thing well so we're like okay let's see how we can help move her on because like she shouldn't be here she wants to move on but she was kind of stuck and she couldn't figure it out and i had to administer christian last rites to this woman that i didn't know how to do i had to google it in order for her to be like i have to be forgiven i have to be forgiven and we're like okay we'll do this i don't know how this is gonna work but if you will move on we will do this and eventually she she moved on but it was we ended up having to do last rites on her and pray with her and she wanted us all to commit to bible study it was so funny <laughs> Oh, that's so interesting. They they know how to keep us busy, don't they? <laughs> she was so strange. And it was just like, you know, I don't. And we all got done. We're like, did we really just give last rites to a spirit? And we're like, yeah, we did. That was weird. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now, and what I what I like when you start to do, um, you know, dead work, psychopomp work is uh, the evolution of um my relationship to death and therefore mm -hmm. to life and i just want to kind of prepare in my life live in a way that i'm ready to die <laughs> if it makes sense yes you, yeah. you, you get very comfortable with um kind of the idea of death and how it looks and kind of um you understand it from a different perspective you can see both sides of it um you know not just the the side where you know people like you don't want to leave your family and all that other stuff but the other side of it you can see as well where you end up um seeing how death affects you when you cross over you know when your soul leaves your body kind of thing and you get to see that kind of dual-sidedness of it and it's it's fascinating um and in the beginning of when i first started death work it freaked me out because you know somebody who's chronically ill it's like you already have a very familiar concept of death because you know you're chronically ill and um so you you get that but at the same time when you start to see the other side of it too you're just like oh well that's how that looks and it's like well you know i understand it and you also of understand how some spirits get stuck and they don't want to move and they don't want to go where they're supposed to or how they you know or if they die of horrific things like covid you know um i've dealt with a lot of covid spirits um who, who didn't even realize they were dead that was the interesting part and you know having to help them and figure out what to do with them um i ended up with a lot of covid spirits stuck on my property which was interesting and so you know, trying to figure out how to help them was a, a, a real challenge but eventually you know i'm still working through some of them because some of them just they don't believe it they they don't and until they're ready to accept things there's not much you can really do um but it's really fascinating uh but i will say that we have 
talked for an hour and a half. It doesn't even feel like it feels like we've only been here for like 45 minutes. <laughs> um, and all of that exciting things. So everybody who's listening, you're going to get a much longer episode than you normally would. Uh, but this has been super fun and super exciting to just chat with you both about this. Yes, that was uh, very entertaining. And I think we could have gone for so much longer. Oh, my God. Like... I think we could have gone for like three or four hours without even realizing. I just looked down at the clock and I was like, oh, it's already been an hour and a half. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, sorry for talking your ear off. <laughs> oh, never apologize for talking my ear off. This is why you guys get to come back all the time and talk my ear off because I love it. And I love essentially losing time <laughs> with you. <laughs> It's time travel. <laughs> it is time travel. Uh, so where, uh, obviously, everybody can find you at the Spirit World Center, but what do you guys have going on with Spirit World Center that everybody can connect with? Oh, well, we have uh, a new line of courses coming out in our full spectrum spirit communication uh, program where we are basically teaching people how to combine really three pillars of uh, spirit interaction, right? How how people can work with mediumship, trance journeying, and spirit work to really create this this kind of holistic, all encompassing way of working with the other side. So we are launching our our full line of courses very very soon, probably this week, and um, and. Other than that, um, they can check out the podcast, the Spirit World Center podcast, and our, uh, they can find us on Instagram at spirit under, underscore world underscore center. And uh, they can also find us at our website, which is spiritworldcenter.com. And uh, of course, Lava, you have your new website. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I'm uh, starting a new uh, project that is uh, I call Numinous Creativity. Oh, neat. And yeah, and the thing is because I'm more in touch with my art again uh, this year and there's just so many things I want to explore. So I decided to, um, I want to create a, a group, online group, where we explore um, the, the, the spiritual and uh creativity all together and uh so this is a place you know where uh you can you know we as a group we would have like online uh three hours per per month online workshop where we do like a shamanic journey and then uh we do um a spirit-led art uh session then we share and we do a meditation to kind of close the the workshop. And throughout every week, I want to also share more exploration that are available. And yeah, so that's that's my goal to help people kind of connect with their full poten creative potential and move through their creative blockages with the help of uh, their spirit guides and uh, soul healing. Yeah. That sounds Awesome. That is super, super cool. I look forward to hearing all about that and seeing how it progresses in the future. I think that's going to be a very fun adventure for you. And I'm so happy that you're getting back in touch with your art. That's so awesome. Your art is beautiful. 
Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody who's listening, um, all the links that to the Spirit World Center stuff will be in the show description. So go and check everything out. Make sure you follow them on social media and stay in contact with them. And if you're interested in the classes, make sure you sign up because they're awesome because Eric and Lova are awesome humans. And Eric and Lova, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait for you guys to come back and talk more with me because you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Well, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Everyone, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>